You know, one thing about your generation of Steelers football, Moan. Yeah. We will never stop talking about it. <laughs> Those guys <laughs> find a way to keep themselves in the news relentlessly, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do, man, and for a lot of different reasons, whether it's Superstar A, Superstar B, Superstar C, uh, you are 100% correct. We stay in the mix, man, because you know why, DK. It's, it's, you know what, let's start the show and we'll go from there. You you good with that, man? Uh, it's your show. Uh, let's ring the bells so we can get, get into it. Here we go. We are a nation that is attracted mm-hmm. to stardom, that is attracted to reality TV, that is attracted to drama. And I'll tell you what, your team, yeah, any of them from your 11 years, but especially in over the final few years, yeah, was just loaded, was just oozing with this stuff, Moan. First off, why is that? And is it necessary? Do all good teams have to have some of that? Uh, yeah, they do have to have some. I'm a firm believer. You need a couple headaches on your team because it keeps the team on edge. And those guys are usually good players too. You have to kind of have that DK, but you ask why that comes up though. Let me say this real quick too, is, um, it's because this is one of the, I will never say the greatest era or the greater era. One of the great eras that live that never got a ring though too. Maybe the 90s Steelers teams, too, are included in that fold, too, right, DK? That's fair. That's fair. I'll say this. We will not ever sniff anything close. I listened to uh, Brian McFadden, who we've had on this show, uh, his podcast, uh, All Things Covered, where he spoke about, well, he had a conversation with Dick LeBeau. Lord, DK. Hey, I didn't realize that across the board, that defense was one, 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 one. Incredible. Oh, 13 games where they didn't score a touchdown, or what was it? Over 200. It was some crazy stat. Um, but but hearing him speak about it, hearing them talk about it, they did one thing that needed to be done, DK, two times actually. They got a Super Bowl ring. They got two of them, okay? And they made history while doing those things too. And now our era keeps coming up because of we were that good, could have had could have been great as a team, as an era. But we didn't get that ring to kind of seal the deal, DK. And that's why we're continuing. I see it in our comment section too, DK. Le'Veon yeah. Bell. Yeah. Bob Schreiner says, Le'Veon Bell apologized for leaving Pittsburgh. Dude, we got over you leaving the team five years ago, six years ago. The truck truck took that trash away. I'm not going to go trash. He's Lev's a, just a child, okay? And I don't even say that in a bad way, believe yeah. it or not. Uh, that's always the way I thought of him mm. uh, in, in my dealings with him one-on-one. It was as if I yeah. was communicating with someone who was way, way younger than the other people in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fair? And I think it's because it was a lot real fast, real soon. Like, remember he started off sure. as just behind and I can, I can kind of roll with that. You know, um, when when it comes down to how his career kind of manifested itself, he went from a dude that was behind the scene to just the scene itself and competing with dudes from Michigan State. Like, I say this respectfully, Michigan State's not Ohio State, not Michigan, not Penn State. Right, DK? So, 
So to come from East Lansing to Pittsburgh and be the dude the way he was, uh, I think it was a, a lot for him. And, and he acted in that way, too. But he also said what? He said, I think Friday, this past weekend. Sorry, Pittsburgh fan, because somebody added him on his Instagram threads and said, will you ever apologize? And he did. And he said, I should have came to Campbell. I should have came to the team. Teresa says that that's not fair to Le'Veon, meaning the trash remark. He had really poor advice from his agent. He was just a kid at the time. A couple of things to that, Teresa. It's not just poor advice. He had the worst agent in the history of professional sports, okay? The advice that was given to him was criminally bad. People like Moan and others in the locker room tried to reach out to him to talk sense to him, not to be carrying water for the Steelers, but because they knew what was real. Moan, you knew what was real. I just looked up the contract, and of course the biggest thing was the guarantee and whatnot, right? I think that was mm -hmm. the biggest number that – I forget what the Jets gave him. Was it like 34 guaranteed or something like that, DK? Whatever it was – I personally don't think after taxes, after dealing with the losing, that it was worth the actual squeeze. I had so many of the people, when I came out, of course, I made my rant about how much more he was making more than me and how he should come sign the deal. And, hey, you're a teammate of ours. Like, I got called a pocket watcher. I got called everything under the sun. When it came down to what and how I evaluated his situation, DK, I'm sure we talked about this even while I was a player. And it was just of the mindset, just look, y'all just want to be cool. Y'all want him to go off the cliff so that you will have something to talk about him being a real one. You know how people do these days and not really understanding. You play running back. The system works for you. You're a guy that, look, this amount of money coming your way, I don't know any other industry that's going to give it to you. And, of course – now, he, whether he was trolling or whether he was being sincere about it, he says, I should have come in and he apologized to the fans. He don't have to do any of those things, right, DK? But, no, he, he, he didn't and doesn't. And doesn't. But when you look at how the game is, what he meant to Pittsburgh and to us, and how it worked in Pittsburgh for him and for us, that deal was as sweet as you could have possibly got. I think realistically it might have been three years or $45 million over three years is essentially what it was. He got two years in in uh he got two years in New York, New Jersey, New Jersey Jets. Um, and I don't think he got close to that, DK. You travel city to city, DK, right? You've been in this economy for a while. Pittsburgh taxes are less than New York, New Jersey taxes, correct? They are. He would have gotten more money had he stayed in Pittsburgh and done the deal how Pittsburgh always do deals. And of course, everybody's like, be the first one to make Pittsburgh pay up. Be the first one to say, get all the guaranteed money. I've only known maybe one guy that didn't get most or all of his deal. Lamar Woolley got all of his. Heck, I think Cortez Allen got all of his. Guys that got big deals that didn't necessarily live up to what you wanted them to do in that time, right, DK? Troy, I don't think, got a major guarantee. The only person that got a huge guarantee may have been Ben, and I don't think his was. They give you so much up front to where if for anything, you're two and three, of your deal, they got to keep you because the dead cap hit would be so much, though. Yeah, the dead cap hit outweighs it. Jackson says, how did Lev end up with such a bad agent? Um, I, I met I him. Can it, did you? Yeah, I met tell him. Us, tell us about him. I think he was into – this is my opinion. He may see this, or you may tell him I said this about him, and he can come back and say, no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> I think 
I think what happened was they fell into what Le'Veon's stardom was in the media, meaning the big networks, how they plastered him. They thought he should have been paid like a wide receiver slash running back at the time. That's the the key. And he wanted time, to revolutionize stuff. He wanted to say, he, now the way the running back position has fallen off a cliff, that was like the last ditch attempt to save yeah. the way running backs get paid. Yeah, it, it was. And um, I think he wanted to get paid about $17 million a year. And AB at the time, I think, was getting 19, which was the highest at that time. And that's what happened. I actually saw his agent and he may deny this and he came up to me. He knew because he was on a panel for the PA and we were trying to speaking about, we were speaking about how agents can help players. Franchise tag was actually the topic of conversation. And afterwards I met his agent, same fraternity too. And uh, he was just like, um, he pretty much admitted it was bad advice. He should have came to camp and that he hate how it all broke down. And I knew this, and I've been knowing this for years, DK. And I'm just like, y'all put me on a table to say I was wrong for telling that man to come get the money. Yeah, it's it's just look, it it happened, and there there were other things that happened to Lev when he was here too. That you know, let's be real here. He leaves that game in in Foxborough, and oh. the, the game is lost. Okay, I, I, no one wanted to think that at the time. But no. everyone did. We knew. <laughs> okay. We knew. And, you know, there were other opportunities for him to be that guy uh, in those types of situations. And and it, and it didn't work. But, you know, Teresa said something earlier here about, you know, about Bell and his maturity. She said, you know, he was a kid. She says, I, and again here, I thought it was magnanimous of Bell to apologize to the fans. Sounded sincere to me. You know, yeah. But was a kid is inaccurate. Uh, Donnie says that he was immature is inaccurate. Lev is one of those people who will remain a kid his whole life. I've dealt with others. You have too in your life, in your work. That's just who he is. It's not a shot. It's not a dig. Not everybody grows up. Does Bell's agent still have a job? Does Does he represent anyone on the team now? Maybe. I bet you he has a strong teach tape on what to do and what not to do when it comes to <laughs> advising his clients. And I'll say this too, Le'Veon and I are not on bad terms whatsoever because it looked like he and I were pitted against each other for a little while. At least I thought so. Uh, we shook it up when he was with the Jets. We talked uh, after that and everything. And we also have DM'd each other back and forth or commented on each other's stuff. So it's all good with Le'Veon as far as how he goes about or what I think. And Again, I'm shocked he actually said it publicly, especially addressing it to Pittsburgh fans. I think it's unique, and I will say that's very commendable and upstanding to say, yeah. I can't imagine how he feels, though, in hindsight, because this is a thing that happened. You go from Pittsburgh to the Jets, and then you go to two other teams in between. Like, the legacy, DK, if you don't get the ring, you look for what? Do I have the gold jacket? The money probably plays a part in it, too. But also, like, your legacy at the end of that. Where do I belong? Like, that plays a part. You always. That's behind. Unless he's got some marketing scheme, and I never, you know, I've learned not to doubt that about him, okay? But that's got to be the thing that's behind this, is he's looking around and saying, hey, what team am I attached to now? Where do I belong? Where am I? What is my family here? Am I really still a stealer? 
you know, the way you talk about being a Steeler, Moan, am I still that guy? Am I going to be standing in the end zone with Joe Green and these other guys waving to the crowd? Who am I? What am I? What's the reception? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, if he does choose to come back, like, what's the reception? We spoke about Santonio last week sometimes, remember? Or about two weeks ago. Santonio's a Steeler. He can come mm-hmm. back. Like, those things, like, he has a moment, though, because he has that ring. And then, of course, his was a trade out of Pittsburgh, <laughs> ironically, to the same place as Le'Veon with the Jets. Yeah. Uh, um, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to do the uh, only segment that matters, or at least so I'm told. That's Hey Moan, DK. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. The coverage that connects. And we're back on the Ramon Foster Show. And we have one thing to share with you, which is that if you want to become a member here of this program, of everything that's on the DK Pittsburgh Sports YouTube channel uh, as it relates to the Steelers is to go to dkps.net slash join. We've made it as easy as possible. It's a custom URL. It takes you straight there. It takes your 99 cents away from you. I understand we've had some gifts coming in today. Is that correct from, uh, from the barber? Yeah, Barbara's been making it happen, man. There's been a lot of people that's been making it happen. Y'all are far too kind. This community of subscribers, DK, is pretty fascinating. I like it. Yeah, it's it's good, good stuff here. We're going to dig into some of the questions that, that have been piling up here while we're talking here. Um, now we, we got this one already here. Robbie Jones says, have you guys noticed that George Pickens has been quiet since earlier comments he made? Maybe someone got in his ear. I have no idea what you're referring to, Robbie. Do I don't either as far as yeah, comments go. Honestly, uh, guys, we're a week away. You yeah. know, we don't have to go digging for searching for drama or manufacture it in any way. Uh, George Pickens is not a controversial dude just because he's a wide receiver. He's not, you know. <laughs> uh, that, I got that, to know him as well as any rookie from that class last year. And he's going to speak his mind at times, but Moan, he's not that guy. No, nah, and I would say this too. If you you have if you have noticed him being quiet though too, I think it's because somebody probably grabbed him and had a conversation with him. To let them know, like, hey, bro, you got the world in the palm of your hands. You can do all the things that you say you're going to do. But if you talk and it don't happen, you're going to be the one left out in the cold. So I think it's honestly, if he's been this quiet and you've noticed it, Robbie, I would say this. He's in a good spot then. He's a better pro if that's the case. I don't know what he said, but it's fascinating that uh, he's a little quiet. I'll tell you what. Can you guys take some friendly criticism here? Not you, Moan. Everybody else. Out of the three teams I cover in this city, there's only one fan base that goes digging ravenously for drama. Whoa, what did did so-and-so say? What did so-and-so? You just never hear this as it relates to the Penguins or the Pirates. It's only the Steelers. Everybody's digging for what so-and-so said and what about this and what about that. And it's like, I get that there's only 17 games. (laughs) Over 365 days. But yeah. honestly, you know, yeah. uh, Dr. Shadow wants to know, Moan, if you've mentored any teammates. 
Uh, Chooks is a guy of mine, for sure. Uh, Kelvin Beecham is a guy of mine. Uh, BJ Finney, when he's a part of it, me and Roosevelt Knicks, kind of, I mean, friendship is that good. Um, as, a, as, a, as a plethora of young guys, I always try to help and guide uh, throughout the way. Um, I, that's always kind of been my role. DK can tell you that. Like, I try to bring as many guys as I possibly can because these opportunities are they're, – they're, they're priceless. Isn't it funny that you mentoring Kelvin Beecham – of all people, I mean, Kelvin Beecham is a is a preacher. He's a know? sharp dude, but as far and as the NFL goes, he definitely needed some guidance. He, he needed he needed guidance, and at the same time, this is what I was about to say about Beach was that although he was used to being the talker, he was used to being the leader. He understood mm-hmm. that in this setting, that he had only one way to yeah. succeed. And yeah, boy, did he succeed! Yeah. Yeah, you know he did, uh, and he maximized. Said he's going to go to the wheels fall off. He's mm-hmm. only leaving. He leaving when the NFL kicks him out. Sticky B wants to bring up an actual football related thing about George. He says, "How many games does it take for Pickens to take clear hold of WR one?" What's your thoughts on that, Moan? Heck, he can honestly take that week one. Now. Or right now, now in camp with DK, right? Well, uh, he's on Route Thirty. Okay, yeah. heading to the <laughs> campus. That's, That's so true. <laughs> we, we, we really got to live in a world to kind of watch this flower bloom on its own, though. Like, hoping George becomes number one. Also, this is the thing. Ain't necessarily a bad thing if he's number two. We expect him to be one, but this is the thing. This competition that him and Deontay have to have, I think is super important for the building of this team. If Deontay goes out and ball and he's number two, then we get a, a really good one and one A, whatever you want to call him. Matthew reminds us that at Getco, at the Getco Cafe and Market, Moan, quality is at the core of every menu item. Can you tell it's Monday? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my goodness. Definitely. Or as someone said earlier, it's a Moan Day, but that still doesn't it's mean the show day. is going to go smoothly. Exactly. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail at the Get-Go Cafe and Market so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for what they uniquely refer to as crave-ability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. If not, Matthew Bunk is coming for you. Oh, my gosh. Three chefs, DK. Luke says, hey, Bone, hey, TK, I have a friend who's a Bengals fan, in parentheses, annoying. Oh. And he said Kenny is going to be the next Tommy Maddox. How foul is that? Why are we Why are we dissing Tommy Maddox? This This is why you always have to, like, put your foot on folks' necks whenever you beat them. Because right now, since he's full of it, okay? Since he's had nothing but second-tier and third-tier quarterbacks, like, let's not play that game just because you got one that still split games with the Steelers last year. That's what you should have told him. Like, you guys think you got a knight in shining armor, but you still split games with us last year. Think about that. That's they fair. Need, yeah. That's fair. Up. Yeah, the, the chasm there in Cincinnati between uh, really, really good quarterbacks is is wide. Yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, Barbara comes in and just says a shout-out to Eddie Harlow for his gifting as well. Uh, you know, we appreciate everybody's contributions here, and Eddie obviously appreciates the barber. Yes, Tyler Johnson indeed. says people forget how much Rosie Nix had in the running game back then. Moan, is it bad that we don't know how to use utilize fullbacks in this offense anymore? Does it matter that much, Moan? I don't I, I in twenty twenty three? I don't think it's that bad of a thing. 
I think when you march a fullback out there, he better be dynamic. He needs to do more than one thing, like except like lead block. Like if you know it's a a, a down and go get it type of down, third and short, mm-hmm. second and short, nobody's surprised. The fullback, I think, <laughs> has been one of those most talked about positions, DK. But but answer this, and I hate to keep asking you questions to answer for me, but I just need people to know. The fullback's primary job is going to be what? Special teams, DK. Sure it is. Every time. No one wants to talk about special teams. We don't ever get any special teams questions over here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's going to get probably three times more plays as a a special teamer than he will as a fullback. Like, so what are we talking about when we're trying to incorporate the fullback? Like, let me go real quick, DK. I think we sometimes, out of Pittsburgh, I think we want things of the old. I am for the running game. I am for also ground and pound and beat people up and the defense being on top of the world. But, like, certain stuff has to evolve. The same way in 2000, we'd have never thought, like, in 2023 that the running back position is pretty much a plug and play. That's never Incredible. the case. Incredible. So That's been to su- the most surprising thing that happened in football so in a to long time. suggest that we have to have a fullback on roster when – we may need a other DB or we may need an extra offensive lineman. Or you know what, DK? I'd much rather just give me a hybrid tight end lead type of guy. Like Danny Smith probably doesn't care what position he is, fullback or tight end. He just needed to make plays on special teams. Like that's, that's what the it. position is. I don't even know if we have a fullback for Pro Bowl anymore, DK. And if we do, we know who those guys are. Use check and possibly Rashard. Those are your two <laughs> Pro Bowl fullbacks as it stands right now. Yeah, Tyler Johnson points out that Rosie played a good amount of offensive snaps. But you say back in the day, Tyler, it, I mean, a lot's changed in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as Irv points out here, fullback does not matter with this new QB sneak game. Have you seen Kenny Pickett struggle to pick up that extra yard? Yeah. No. I mean, he's just, just they just go right through. Yeah. You know, Donnie's yeah. the one that gets it right. The league just doesn't use the position anymore. It doesn't. Uh, and, and, and that's the difference here. I think we all are searching for the old game, and there are remnants of it still. The run game, I think, this year for a lot of teams, I think we may see higher yards on the ground because teams realize defenses have gotten smaller. But if you look at the trends right now in college football, which I follow that, these coaches are going after big offensive linemen. I think Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, the teams I look at, all have linemen committed that are like 330 to 350 pounds. Like, I don't know what that signifies, DK, but the game will forever be a big man run game. It's just there are different ways to do it. Yeah. Twiz says, I love you, DK, but you're wrong about Deontay Johnson. Now, Twiz, I love you right back, but what am I wrong about? (laughs) You didn't say anything there. What did I say about Deontay that's wrong? If you come back with a clarification, maybe I have a chance uh, to respond to it. Uh, Perk says, hey, Moan. How come the Steelers are every AFC North team's biggest rival? The Bengals, Browns, and Ravens all hate the Steelers, seems that way anyway, more than any other team in the division. Oh, uh, why is it that way? Because you're the gold standard. Consistent success. It is. Uh, we had somebody, uh, I was listening to Herm Evers. I was driving home yesterday from baseball. He, he, you know, they were talking about the Rooney rule and that conversation to come up, right? And uh, somebody asked him, it was like, you know, Mike Tomlin wouldn't have had his job if it wasn't for the, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers incorporating the Rooney rule. And, you know, they found him. And, you know, what Herm is like, why do you think that's the case? Why did that work for him? You know what Herm ever said? He was mm. like, what are you talking about? 
He says the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like they do. They check all the boxes. Like that's why teams like Cincinnati and Cleveland and, and even Baltimore, like we can call them Pittsburgh Junior if we really wanted to. Look at the Baltimore, DNA sure. of that team. Mm-hmm. And, and truthfully, what, what has Cleveland been looking for that they hate they missed out on? They've been looking for Ben Roethlisberger, so much so they gave a quarter of a billion dollars to. The same thing with Cincinnati. They knew what they were doing trying to get uh, a top-flight quarterback. That's why you will not hear the end of it. That's why we are everybody's biggest rival. Yeah, Michael puts it best. Always jealous of the big brother. Always. And that, that's just how it goes. It is. It really is. You know, Tyler Johnson wants to know, Moan, did you really spike the ball off the camera? On Christmas Day and break everybody's TVs? <laughs> the ball went his own way. That dude got oh. real up close and personal, DK. I went down, <laughs> the ball bounced up. It's that little, that little freestanding camera or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, truth behind this, Tyler, I thought I was going to have to pay for that. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I don't know which network it was, but I was expecting to pay for that one, man. I really was. Nobody even talked to you about it? Uh, no, didn't even bring it up. They actually loved it. I, it was NBC, I think. Uh, they tweeted out about that, and I quote tweeted it, and I was like, sorry about the camera. It was like, all good. It was awesome. So they actually tweeted back at me. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. If you're if you're in on our line, on, on yeah. our side of the line, yeah, um, and you're that close to the action, we mm-hmm. see a lot in the NBA with people who are sitting courtside. Yeah. Hey, sign the waiver, man. You're the one that you're the one that chose to be that close. You're the one that chose to have uh, your equipment that close. Yeah, exactly. You pay to be up close and personal. Yeah, hundred percent. Ryan yeah. Lytle wants to know, hey, Moan, whose stiff arm was better, Vance McDonald on Chris Conti? I believe that was down in Tampa, right? Yeah. Or Le'Veon Bell on Drake Kirkpatrick. Oh, don't make me pick those two. Those are, I think, Vance because it's Monday night football. But I kind of want to go Le'Veon because it's AFC North. But also, come on, Vance against a corner? Vanable. That's actually what should have happened. It should have, but he lifted that man, DK. He did lift it. He lifted lifted that man. He lifted that man, DK. That man man has a family. He has a family, man. You know what I'm saying, DK? That guy has a he got kids that got to live through that, DK. Vicious Violet oh. is one of several people to come in with a contribution today. They're always appreciated, even if they aren't vocally acknowledged. We'll put them on the screen every time. Yeah, uh, thank you. Every, thank everybody, you. everybody who keeps this show rolling along here. Tim Tabor just became a member for the first time. Hey. For the first time, I should point out here. And I say that only because I remember like every Welcome in. That's you know, indeed. Jake says Vance's was way more fun. Casey points out that Najee threw a pretty good stiff arm uh, as well. And Tyler says that the Lev Bell highlight was one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen by yeah. a running back. Juke, stiff arm, juke. juke. That's why, you know, and Drake Kirkpatrick could bring people down. He could. And but then Vance's was very. It was. Le'Veon shook a D lineman. Malik Jackson just retired like this past weekend. Jacksonville released actually him getting shook by Le'Veon. He said he almost uh, broke his leg on that play. Like that juke move was insane, man. Oh. <laughs> Wrongism says, hey, Moan, which one do you prefer? Monday nights, Thursday nights, or Sunday night for football? Sunday night. 
Why is that? It's funny because the full slate's there, and we're like the end dinner. Like, we're the main appetizer. Like, I mean, the main dish. You sleep That's- in? Sleep in also. The money gets kind of interrupted because, especially if you're on a roll, you realize it's still a business day. So get into the mindset of, like, football is about to happen while you're watching people go to work, you know? And then, of course, Monday, you get right back into, like, the short week aspect of Monday Night Football, too. Like, you're really short a day for the most part, too, having to play again on Sunday. I, I love Sunday night. Thomas points out that Cam's reaction to the Vanimal stiff arm was equally entertaining. Cam, of course, was off. He yeah. was, like, right there somehow. On the sideline. I don't know if yeah. he was following him down the sideline or what it was. Yeah. But he just happened to be in the shot. And you're like, wow. That only added to it. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. It, it was fun. Kevin Osborne says, hey, Moan, do you think Alex Highsmith gets signed before training camp? Love the show. Uh, it's hard to say. I'd say this. Let's just put a, a, a tab in it before the season. Because you know how they work, too. Before training camp means what, DK? Oh, we've seen enough. We need to, you know, go ahead and pay you. He comes in, and his name is ringing bells, DK, as far Mm -hmm. as Alex Highsmith goes. Then the process of getting paid will start in camp, and they'll probably try to do it before the kickoff of the season. Yeah, it's one of those. I, I can't say this often enough. They don't say out loud that they intend to sign somebody and not get them unless it's the guy that we led this show with. That's yeah. the only exception I can think of. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is. And I've seen guys uh, get to camp, do the conditioning test, and they get a call from Omar or Kev that they're about to start talking. So that's usually when it happens. It's during camp is when those conversations happen. Michael Henderson says, hey, Moan, great job, guys. Was just curious if there was a play that you remember being called in the huddle that you expect expected to fail but that still somehow turned into a really big play uh you don't really go in with that mindset do you <laughs> i don't because if it don't work it's quick and over with fast i was like all right let's make up this hidden yardage uh to say there was a specific play i expected to fail but turn into a big play is usually the opposite way around where we're about to do a flea flicker or something like that, and I'm expecting a 50-yard gash, and it kind of turns into a sack or a throwaway or something like that. That probably happens more often than anything, where we'll practice a play, DK, throughout camp, ready for it the week of, and it turns into a dud. Like That probably happens more often than a play felling and turning big. Tyler Johnson says, I agree with Moan about Sunday night. Ben always said Monday night was the best. Uh doesn't that affect your following week, though? It kind of does. Uh, I'd much rather be in weekend mode, um, you know, when it comes down to what the game is, instead of, like, having to wait till Monday. And it's all day wait. So you got to, like, get a workout in on Sunday. And then you also got walkthrough on Monday. Like, I hated the tedious aspect of, like, pre-game stuff on Mondays. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Barber, this is – this is, to me, the essence of the Le'Veon discussion, which is how do you leave $14 million on the table? I had a general manager, this was in another sport once, yeah. say to me, I don't think that some of the kids that we deal with understand all the things that can go wrong yeah. to you in your life. And when you're presenting them with this amount of money, okay, and it's just sitting there mm-hmm. to be taken – how 
how how do you turn away from it how does it happen moan what's this what's the supporting cast what does the does the agent convince you to let it sit there his situation was a little bit he thought he could squeeze a franchise that's never been squeezed before <laughs> that's first of all you got to know who you're up against right uh as that portion of it too but this is the nfl though right i tell you guys all the time like we live as pro athletes, and I think almost in all sports, in fantasy land. We do. We think the world revolves around our decision-making and the train won't continue to move. Like, Le'Veon's situation truthfully just showed me when this when they decide to move on, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, think about that year, though. And I'll get back, how do you leave it behind? We ended up still having a Pro Bowl running back, DK. James yeah. Conner was a Pro Bowl running back along with Roosevelt Knicks that year. Like, Let's be real about what we're talking about. The game doesn't stop, but how do you do it, though? You leave it, ego, bad advice, and, and honestly just thinking you're above what the shield is. I hate it. I do as a player. And this is my union side coming out. I hate yeah. that they have a stronghold like that. But sometimes, man, you get what they only dish out to you. And if that's only $14 million and you're looking for seventeen. Take the 14. Oatmeal is better than no meal, DK. Josh Grimm wants to know if Bell's contract situation was the beginning of the end for the big-name running backs uh, getting those big contracts. I, I'll jump in with my own thing here first, Josh, and that's that kind of apples and oranges here. Remember that the down – one thing everybody's got to remember here, okay, is that the Steelers did offer the money. The most. Yes. So this it's not like the Steelers were above this process. It's not like the Steelers were immune to the idea of paying Lev in a different way for everything that he meant to the offense. They, in a way, fell for it. But they just didn't put up the money that this yeah. clown agent wanted. Yeah. To, so to... It, it's not like the Steelers were, yeah, they held tough. They really didn't. Yeah, yeah, it it they really didn't. Um, was it the beginning of the a, end? You imagine a running back getting a fourteen million today. I was six million more than the next guy at that position yeah. that year. And I, I heck, I think one of the best running backs in the league right now, or the last few years, has been Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry is still teetering to this day, around twelve million. DK, mm -hmm. like that's where we're at with the game, man. More guaranteed money. Jay Jones, he put on the Bell wanted more guaranteed money. This, this is the finicky part, right? Now, let's talk again real quick, and I hate to keep doing this, but real quick. I think um, Jets offered him 32 or 28 or whatever it was. Pittsburgh was offering 18. Well, over three years, you get 45. Let's talk about that 32 real quick or that 28 that he was supposed to get in taxes. 14, gone, out the window because of the taxes. And then you got New York State tax, I think, is that another 13%, right, DK? So now he's down to nine. Then he got agent fees. That's another take on it. Then you got Medicaid. That's another take on it, DK. And then you got, uh, like, union fees and dues. Like, that 28 probably turned into a solid nine in New York. And then you get taxed on it from state to state and what you play in and you go to. So at the end of the day, that 28 made on, out of New York may have turned into right above eight or close to nine. Mm -hmm. In Pittsburgh, 
what they were offering him over that time, that 45. And he only got two years of that, okay? And he was cut midway through the second season of that too, y'all. But if he come to Pittsburgh, we have everything set in stone for him as far as the style. We were still in our prime as far as an offensive line goes, right? Yes. You yes. would have got at least those first two years. The first two years of that deal was about $33 million, which is about 15-year average for him. 15-year average He would have gotten both of those. On top of the Pro Bowls, the All-Pros, and the potential to also play for a Super Bowl. Who well, and and all the rest of the stuff that comes with it, if you can monetize it, you know, you're famous as hell. They've never taken away from guys' stardom in Pittsburgh, ever. So you get the marketing behind it. So again, the guarantee is one thing. I feel you get the big number. But in New York taxes compared to Pittsburgh taxes, it's a different conversation we're having. I never wanted to uh, be a player in New York or California. You're going to take a couple more today. Colton says, hey, Moan, I'm coming to the December 23rd game. What's the number one thing to do while in Pittsburgh? Besides, of course, coming in to see DK's headquarters and shop and to hop onto the show. I almost tell anybody. I know you're urban rat yourself, right, DK? You love the Uh, inner city. That's that's where I've been my whole life. At that time, go around, uh, what is it, PPG? Uh, mm-hmm. No, no, no. Where's the skating rink at? P- P- is it PPG? Yeah, it's a PPG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. PPG ice skating rink. rink. Go see that. That's awesome. The ice rink. Go to the strip district Saturday morning. Beautiful. The strip district, I think, is one of the most coolest places you can go in Pittsburgh on a in Saturday the country. In the before country. the game. Yeah. All mm-hmm. black and yellow, all local shops for the most part. And um, tour, if you got not a whole lot of time, see the, uh, the, 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 the Riverside area. I think it, it's beautiful. Yeah, when you're December 23rd, you're obviously just a couple days from Christmas and everything. Yeah. Um, we're, we get all dolled up here downtown for Christmas, uh, <laughs> and that includes our place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the shopping is is very much back from a pandemic era and everything, and it's it's a really good time. Just bundle up. You know, yeah, yeah, please bundle up. Yeah, and what Moan didn't mention here, this this doesn't have anything to do with being downtown or our shop or anything, but if you go over to Akershire Stadium, there are now things to do there year-round. And I, I still don't yeah. know that the Steelers have done a great job of putting out this word between the Hall of Honor, the museum. It's, yep. now, it's now an open thing year-round mm-hmm. in addition to a greatly expanded pro shop. Now, don't buy anything at the pro shop. Buy it from us. Before you go <laughs> yeah, <over>. please. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But that's how uh, we'll do that. Yeah, that downtown, the Pittsburgh downtown area, I actually love it. It's not congested as other downtowns is. Heck, even Nashville is unbearable. Pittsburgh's not unbearable yet. Moan stopped to see us. He just parked like right across the street, popped out of the car, just like on Fifth Avenue. There was like no yeah. big deal here. Matt Hyde uh, asks, "Hey, Moan, Antonio Brown." My question is, did the hit in the playoff game at Cincinnati, and everyone knows what that is, that was the, the Vontez perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine the way they're enforcing the rules today, what he would have gotten. Uh, um, did that change him? AB wasn't an issue, though. On the field, I'll say this. In the locker room, model citizen. On the field, model citizen. Outside of the building, other than the, the later legal stuff, DK, I can't name a lot. Now, maybe some stuff that was hushed and everything, but in total, like, he wasn't an issue. I don't want to make it seem like A.B. was a bad guy inside the locker room and as a teammate. Uh, the hit, I'll say this. When people have traumatic stuff happen sometimes, you just have that screw-it factor about life. I think what that hit may have done, I don't think it wrung any screws loose. It may have just made him think to himself, man, I'm out here, could almost die. 
Why should I care this much more when I just give myself to this game? That's the only thing I can think the hit did to AB was just raise his not give a doggone factor as far as the game goes. I'm going to do what I want to, and I think that's how he ended up out of Pittsburgh and also made himself available to leave out of Las Vegas. No, out of Oakland at the time. That's the only thing I think the hit did to him because he's a very smart dude. He's he's unusual. You know, yeah. I am. My answer to that always is in my own dealings with him is that he it wasn't sudden. Everybody likes to portray it as sudden. It okay? wasn't, was it, DK? The change that came for him from being this humble sixth rounder, you know, I'm so honored to have made it into being what he became Yeah, was not like, oh, Vontez no. hit me. No. I have turned, you know, I've now turned into the Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus or something. It's like it, you know, the Joker falling into a vat of acid. Okay. Yeah. This was this was a very gradual, whether you want to call it a decline or a disintegration or whatever, but it wasn't, there's no narrative to attach to this. It wasn't. And of with more stardom and more ego DK, guys figure out what they can and cannot get away with. It's essentially what I'll tell you. Like his legend grew to a gradual state, DK that mm-hmm. it allowed him to get away and do those types of things. It wasn't instant, as you said. Yeah. Josh wants to know when you're going to have uh, Lev on here. You know what? I don't now may be the actual time. Yeah. Now the fact the that he said it, I was vocal. He was vocal. I, I'm going to hit him right now on the show. Dude, you know what's funny is we had to come to you. Do you remember? Yeah. Around the time of Lev's holdout. Uh, everybody was over like going, hey, Moan, what's what's happening? What, what's going on here? I'm and a- then it was like, then it became about, oh, Moan, are you ditching him? Are you you throwing him under the bus here? Remember all that stuff yeah. when it was yeah. offensive line controversy week? Yeah, uh, we've communicated. Bam, right there. I'll just show you that. I'm on this page right now. I'm okay. going to DM him and be like, hey, Le'Veon, you want to come on? Want to talk yeah. this thing out? Just to see. All right, so for you guys, boom, this may be the next best one we'll have. Say it straight to the fans. All yeah. right, well, let's let's, uh, let's do it again tomorrow. I'm game for it, man. If, right. Only if you're here, though. Well, what if Lev's here instead? Well, if you keep bringing host in, <laughs> you won't have a job. That's the problem. <laughs> I have noticed this. Yeah, you got to <laughs> yeah, stop t- bringing host in. Tomorrow's show will be, by the way, uh, on my end from the headquarters and shop. So if you happen to be uh downtown and you're walking past on fifth avenue uh we're at 224 fifth avenue uh right down by near market square yeah. like around the corner from market square uh feel free to poke your head in yes so, indeed let's do it again tomorrow Moan. yeah and if, maybe some po- i don't even know post show stuff dk there's probably no reason to stick around no nah, I, I don't think that there is on a monday absolutely not <laughs>weird day for me what my passport expires today passports only expire every 10 years and i'm i got a little bit lazy here because it's not hockey season i do most of my international travel obviously up and back Mm -hmm. to canada here but it's just like i have it sitting here do you ever do this like i have it just sitting next to my Mm -hmm. machine like take care of this dummy take care of it you want to hear something fascinating about passports mine mine expired during the pandemic I wait till the last minute to get it done for our vacation that we went on. 
didn't come in. The week after we got back from the cruise we got on, Passport came in, dude. Yep. If you've been waiting, send it off right now. And, y'all, I am DMing your guy right now. I'll give you an answer. I promise you. Well, remember, he doesn't always respond immediately yeah, because he has yeah. to do the juke. He has to he has to see where the <laughs> hole is. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Somebody asked what side did he like running to. Truthfully, he didn't have a side he ran to. It was wherever the open gap was. And if we have him on, we'll ask him about that too. Yeah. Oh, that that'd be great stuff. Because you know he's just gonna say, Well, wherever 73 was, I felt real good yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Other than the fact that we've ticked off Randy because Moan didn't put his shades on. <laughs> Randy, you're right. You're right. But I don't need y'all looking in in, in the uh in the shades glare to see what I'm DM and Le'Veon either, though. See? See? <laughs> Keegan thinks Slev's gonna want a million bucks to be on the show. Our if budget. so, my fee's about to go up as well. DK, guess what I got for somebody wanting a fee for this? I got a mm. bail for him, okay? <laughs> That's all oh. I got. <laughs> I got a bell for him. Tell him we'll name the new bell after him. The That's the deal. We'll yeah. call it the Le'Veon bell. Hit the Le. You know, the one that Casey sent in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He'll like that. That I have on loan? Yeah. We can do that. Although he always has to remind me that I have it on loan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it. Peace. Bye, guys. Y'all be good.